What's going on? What's good? What's happening? It's the Chop Up Show. What's going on? Uh, yeah, call me by surprise, but I'm here now. I'm tapped in. Uh, it's another Thursday, but it's not a Thursday night. It is a Thursday afternoon. We're catching y'all a little bit earlier than usual, so shout out to Daytime. everybody uh, who's doing your, your, your late afternoon business. Maybe you headed to the crib. Maybe you just got home from the job. Maybe you just chilling, still enjoying your summer, but you tuned in with us. Maybe you're listening to us on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify or one of the many other platforms we're on. You know you know, 10% of our listeners ain't even in the United States. You, you know what I'm saying? So they, they listen to the chop up from a bunch of different places. A lot States. of different places. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later, but I'm not by myself. I'm here with the political plug. What's going on with you, sir? What's good? I mean, I'm, I want to remind y'all that we not just a, like a live YouTube stream, right? Yeah. If ever you miss it, if some ever, if you want to catch up on any episodes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those is available. If you're trying to support if you're trying to show love to the channel, just share them links. Just go to Spotify, yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcast, share them links. But let's get into and it. And of course, the Instagram follow us at, at uh, the Chop Up Show on IG at the Chop Up Show. Shout out to J Universe. Shout out to Miss Ma'am in the comments talking to us. If you're coming in and you watching, you already know what to do. Let us know you in the building. Let us know where you're from. All of that is celebrated here. Let's go ahead and cut to the chase, Lizzo. Let's do um, it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Disappointing. Um, okay. Out of the gate. You're letting us know how you really feel. Uh, we know Lizzo recently has come under fire within the last 24 hours, about 36 hours or so, uh, with a lawsuit uh, that has three complainants, three former dancers of hers. Those young ladies' names are Noelle Rodriguez, Crystal Williams, and Ariana Davis. And they have since uh, leveraged seven, I think, accusations against Lizzo uh, in terms of the general themes of them are sexual harassment, uh, fat shaming, uh, and religious harassment, right? There's a situation where uh, they had the dancers in Amsterdam, well, generally being in an atmosphere where they were kind of forced if they wanted to succeed to have to have an anything goes attitude. Um, they went to Amsterdam to perform a specific instance of this anything goes attitude was folks going out to the red light district, going to a particular place and having some type of banana uh, sexual experience with some of the uh, sex workers on the red light district was a part of a routine. They do it. They stick a, a banana inside of their genital areas uh, and you are expected to eat the banana out. Some of the women were also forced to like touch some of the dancers' bodies, touch breasts, do all types of things. And mm -hmm. then when conversations, so that's the first charge, but then also when the issue was brought up, there was a failure to respond to or deal with said harassment, which is a charge in and of itself. Then you look to the religious harassment, which it came from the, I think, choreographer or somebody important, uh, last name Quigley, uh, which is a, a co-defendant now uh, alongside Lizzo, who was accused of being just kind of really weird across the board. Because she hyper-religious, right? So she was creating an environment where she forced some folk to pray and always talking about the Bible and always talking about what Christ wants and this, this, and that, and forcing people to have conversations and to do things really that they don't want to do. But that was all, it was also some tinges in there that got weird because she would do stuff like that and make it very weird for people religiously, but then also turn around and say sexual things as well. Like talk about how masturbation, for example, was a sin, but then talk about how she slipped up and had an oopsie the other day. And they were like, so it's just, it was very, just like a very conflictual, weird environment to deal with religiously, that's one charge. And another charge is a complaint about that that wasn't followed through about when you allow the harassment to continue. That's a charge in and of itself. And then the third is with the fat shaming. One of the young ladies, I believe, 
uh, plaintiff. That's the craziest one for me. Uh, Ariana Davis, and I could be wrong about that. I don't think it's Noah Arigas. I think it's Davis. Uh, said that there was comments about her gaining weight and her by her job started to be at risk, and which is ironic, right? This is one of the most ironic things. Right. This is why everything <laughs> is 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 blowing up across the board is because you know comments were made about how. Uh, you know, you can't be gaining weight and you can't, you you know, basically talking about everybody, talking about this and that and the other for, you know, threatening her job uh, in relationship to the weight that she had gained. Um, I think two of the dancers had let, been let go when one of the, th- this third dancer, and I can't remember who was who, but one of the third dancers commented on how it was done and it was done publicly and very messy or whatever. She got reprimanded. I think they even said, she even said that she was kidnapped uh, or, or forcibly detained in oh some way because they locked her in the room <laughs> Uh, forced her to delete some recordings that she had of some conversations that would have exposed Lizzo a long time ago. And so they since on then, some Ellen shit. They on that yeah, Ellen shit. Basically, yeah. right? And so a lot of people are coming out of the woodworks, different people who have been a part of uh, Lizzo's trajectory to say, hey, she is a bad person. She is a terrible human being. She wow. treats people poorly. She's not who y'all think she is. And as of this morning, no bullshit. This is why I stay on Twitter. And I'm telling y'all, Twitter. X, whatever the hell Elon Musk is calling. I'm calling it Mama Name Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. On Twitter, <laughs> I like literally, this is where people go to clear the air, to make clarifications. I was on Twitter because I couldn't sleep at like 6 a.m. Pacific time when Lizzo dropped a tweet. That was like, hey, let me clarify. And it's one of those four page screenshot of a text where she's apologizing for some things, explaining other things. But a lot of people comments in the, in, in the comments on Instagram and on Twitter was baby girl you got a lot of shit on you and it's not enough to explain it away yo what is it about the what is it about the the showing the the screenshots of of messages because then jonathan majors tried to do the same thing jonathan majors i mean and and not to speak on his innocence or guilt or anything but it's just like that never seems to nobody seems to respond to the uh look i'm gonna release this text message you know what i'm saying (laughs) response that that's that's never helpful it's never helpful well I mean, and and so because this is not this conversation isn't really as much about the intricacies of the case, right? We're right. gonna talk about that at a later time with more. We letting that we letting that roll out, like we letting that, this, exactly. this, is, this is a lot of this is fairly new. So we like uh, we all of this is just the initial information. I think they was on uh, they've been on TMZ, they've been yeah. on like Good Morning America or something like that. They've been they've been making the rounds. You feel me? All over the uh, place. All over the place. And so the accusations are there, but you know, we really don't start to get the, the good details. And I say good, I'm being messy. I apologize, y'all. But we really don't get the details until we start going, they start doing discovery and we start really finding out the uh, what the deal is. That's the thing about suing people. Yeah. All the dirt come out. It's stuff that nobody wanted to be seen. I already seen something where one of the young ladies uh, who claimed to be in such a heinous and hostile environment uh, made a video uh trying to reapply to work with uh, Lizzo or something like that after she experienced whatever she experienced. So it's just like, if she was so bad and so terrible, why you try to come back and work for her? Like a lot of just weird things that are coming to the service that we're going to figure out about. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll fill in the blanks after that. But uh, you know, in the face of all of these interesting things, one of the biggest takes and takeaways I have knowing that we're not going to get deep into the conversation is just, of course, What's been happening in the comment sections? I really feel like, and that's about to start to be my shtick a little bit, so y'all stay tuned. But I think some of the more interesting conversations, a lot of times with big news breaks, is the news itself, yeah, but the the, the juicy shit be in the comments and what people say and how people think and, like, the mm. social posts 
from conversation to conversation about what's been happening. So, of course, on the surface level, we've been seeing a lot of people who are using this as a reason to be refat phobic, a lot of reason to come back from the shadows and start being like, oh, well, that fat don't like care about you. So why would we, you know, she don't even whatever, all that was fake. We told y'all y'all wasn't this, we told y'all wasn't that. Basically an opportunity and an invitation to be fat phobic to her, to the dancers, to other fat people to just talk negatively about those experiences. Just stand in their bullshit. Right. But I'm going to tell you, can I tell you the thing that's really been perplexing, that's really been kind of fucking me up a little bit as a fat woman, as a fat black girl? Talk to me. Um, Is the amount of fat women, like people who are like, I've seen so many on Spiel, on Twitter, on Instagram. I have seen so many people be like, I'm fat and I wasn't even fucking with it. I'm fat and she don't speak for me. She never did speak. And I'm like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? Like her or not, care about her or not, think she's something or not. My nigga, she she was about you. She was for you. Her politic aligned with your very existence. So you, I'm not saying you have to be a Lizzo fan. I'm not saying you cop the album or listen. But like, why is you doing this to another fat girl, man? Like, why is you acting like this? And I get, I mean, and and and, and it's one. I'm saying it's separate. You can render judgment. We in the court of public opinion. You can render judgment on That's her real. behaviors and actions. Yeah. But be about the behaviors and actions. Don't be like, oh, don't block block box around on the level of fatness. Cause come on now. Y'all peas in the pot. Neither one of us was getting, none of us was getting chose. None of us was getting talked about. All of us was getting shot on, or at least in their own unique ways. This is not to say traffic ain't never slow over here. Let's be clear. And shout <laughs> out to all my other fat girls who ain't never did, 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 did the traffic. What, 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 did, what did Gucci say? What did he say? Niggas is like buses. You miss one. The next 15, one is coming. So I'm not saying that completely, you know what I'm saying? Fat women haven't had access to the dating sphere. They're not desirable, whatever. But she created. But it's politics that come with that, though. Too, she though. created conversation. Yeah. She created politics. She created a brand. Yeah. And so there's some nuance there that I just thought was like, in yeah. terms of how you know we so soon forget and want to detach and delink and really internalize. And let's talk about the topic of the show today. Normalize a lot of the fat phobia that happens in our communities because either a you are not experiencing the the the. Uh, targeting that fat phobia creates and the realities that fat phobia creates. And so you loose with the lips and you want to talk bad about how people uh, uh, exist and fat people live and how fat phobia is a good thing to kind of lean into, or you fat yourself and have internalized that oppression so bad that you have normalized fat phobia in our communities. And so this is going to be where we start with fat phobia, but it's not just about that. We're going to have look six other things, a total of seven things, seven types of oppression that have been normalized in our communities in particular, that we feel like are damaging and harmful are not ones that are not necessarily the regular conversations we talk about, right? Like internalized right. anti-blackness, right? Like internalized but, racism, right? The, exactly. the ones that we usually sit on. But what are some other things that it's just like really jacking us up from the inside, right? So right. we're gonna start off with fat phobia. Plug, jump in here real quick and give me some some of your thoughts on not necessarily the Lizzo situation proper, but yeah. kind of how this has influenced our community. Well, no, nah, I mean, because just with the Lizzo shit, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I don't really put too much stock in celebrities anyway. So, like, to be like, oh, my God. It's just like, yo, it's disappointing. But in yeah. terms of, uh, I, I think normative oppression is something that I'm always, like, uh, gung-ho to talk about. Just because not talking about it, not having the discussion is what makes it normative. The fact that we see it happen and we allow it to happen, we continue for it to happen, is where is where things start to get complicated. And... The perception that we have about why fat phobia is, is beneficial is really is really fucked up. And even though it has some basis in certain um, certain scientific arguments, a lot of the new conversation and a lot of the new data is telling us like, nah, 
that's just not really cool like that, right? And so, um, in a more in a recent study that I that I stumbled upon, uh, let me get the name of it first. Uh, how and why weight stigma drives the obesity epidemic and harms health. It, it it's dealing with the question of what happens when this violence gets normal or this type of oppression gets normalized. And then the 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 internal violence that it creates within individuals. Now, I want to start with this first part where it says common wisdom and certain medical ethicists assert that stigmatizing higher weight individuals and applying social pressure to incite weight loss improves population health. So the idea is that if we uh, if we tell people that it's not good to be uh, fat, then mm-hmm. they'll do more and they'll work harder. Right. To not be fat. If we stigmatize fatness, people will do more to move away from fatness. But here's the problem with that. That shit ain't true. The article goes on to argue the opposite. The latest science indicates that weight stigma can trigger physiological and behavioral changes linked to poor metabolic health, increased weight gain. In uh, laboratory experiments, when study participants are manipulated to experience weight stigma, their eating, increase, their eating increases, their self-regulation decreases, and their cortisol mm-hmm. levels are higher relative to controls, particularly among those who perceive themselves to be overweight. So what the data is showing, the research is showing, is that we're not helping uh, people that we the people that we call in fat we're not helping them by treating them like shit it's actually making the yeah. issues worse right it's like we, we we know what stress eating is we know the impact that that happen that have on people but when we've when we've kind of got it in our mind and it's like well they unhealthy so that's yeah. really something that we should you know what i'm saying like challenge that's really something we should push back against Th- that's where it's like all right you're not doing what you think you're doing Go ahead, tell you. And I mean, you know, a lot of people walk around, they're like, this ain't hurting them. There ain't no fat phobia. This is not being violent. Ain't, ain't, you ain't being mean to no fat people by just telling them the truth. They need to hear the truth. They need to know the truth. First of all, we had a conversation with Cash Wars uh, in February about fat phobia and the ways that it literally shapes. Shout out to Cat. Barrier. Shout yeah. out to Cat for people surviving and thriving in our communities. It is the, one of the only types of discrimination that exists that is not legally protected. So, yes, you can be fat at your job and people will say you're too stupid. Because fat people are red is dumb or incapable to do the job, so we're not going to give you the promotion. Yeah, I can literally look at you and say you're fat, and so you don't really meet the image, the representation of this organization or this company or whatever, and decide not to hire you. Or look at you in an interview and say, no, you're black. You're fine. I love black people. No, you're a woman. I love women. Oh, no, you got a disability. Oh, no, we ain't got no problem. No, the problem was that you was fat, right? right? And so they'll call it unqualified, but when we talk about the barriers that this not only creates in the workplace, but also in people real ass lives the dating world the familial world y'all know how y'all sit around and talk about y'all cousins and y'all cousins talked about y'all right it really is an issue and it's something that has to be confronted because you're not inspiring people to change right these are this is also not a conversation and this is a separate conversation from what it means to have norms of health in our communities in our society our society is getting bigger our community particularly is getting bigger a lot of reasons let's not forget to explain that that don't have a lot to do with uh, me because if y'all keep manipulating and tampering with my food and that's what you sell me at the store and at the restaurant and that's all I got to buy you can't be confused when people start to gain a whole bunch of weight so we got to think about that too when we're trying to point the pe- finger and blame people because look access issues quality of food issues right. uh, community is all of that it's, it's, a, it's a lot cheaper to eat it's a lot cheaper to eat unhealthy as shit and I mean, there are also healthier options out there to live right, but you also live in with a lot of miseducation and a lot of misnomers. And to be honest, as somebody who's been trying to lose weight for their whole life, the shit get confusing and overwhelming after a while. Imagine right. living your whole life trying to lose weight 
every day you wake up and every night before you go to bed, it's a question of have you done enough to try to lose weight? Have you done enough to change your body? Have you done enough to whatever? And so, you know, I really want us to just be mindful of how we've messed up our communities in that regard. So when we look at Jennifer Sharp, Jennifer, Jennifer left a comment that I agree with, and that's all I wanted to get to. Sometimes, you know, even when you fat, Right. We have the Lizzo's of the world who are paving ways and creating ways, you know, creating paths for people to exist. But in our communities, it's it's layers to the shit. So it's also a world where you can be the wrong type of fat. Right. Right. You can be bad. fat. So Jennifer says also, if you're fat and not a desirable body shape, hourglass shape, then people are fat phobic towards you. And it's one thousand percent true. Right. Not only do you have to if you're going to be fat. Right. People are giving grace. The community is changing. They're easing up. The Lizzo's of the world, the Queen Latifah's, the Missy Elliott's. The, oh, there are a bunch of people, a bunch of larger women who have been able to, to take up. Navigate place, no certain spaces. Yeah. The BBW. But, exactly. But you got to be a BBW. Right. You got to uh, uh, look look like Takara. You got to look like Megan before she lost weight. You got to look like who's another bigger body person. I want to talk to maybe a Jennifer Hudson. Right. You got to have a certain type of uh. body. Nisi Nash, Nisi Nash, right? I, I, I mean, there are a bunch of different larger women that are probably plus size for all intents and purposes. Um, but if you if you are bigger on the top than you are at the bottom, if you're bigger at the bottom than you are at the top, if we can't really find your waist easily, it's gonna be a whole lot of problems that people have. You know, this whole notion of big backedness that is shaped uh, a lot of the conversation about body. A lot of that shit is just negatively targeting people who are bad built and thus don't right. have any currency in our communities either and yeah. then and i want you to jump in on this tip before we even transition to the next thing and talk about the way body image issues and fat phobia uh and body weight discrimination affects men because we talk about them a little bit they slide in there yeah. and whenever lizzo a huge part of lizzo i'm gonna say this when we was t- you did you see that rick ross meme where he's sitting on the side of a bed with his <laughs> with his with no shirt on it was with big rocks Nah, and nah. It, it, it was like a meme about you know how you free your titties uh, at the end of the day. Well, you said we take up a uh, Exactly. <laughs> and so a lot of people was like, y'all want us to take up for Lizzo, but y'all will come over here and talk bad about Rick Ross. And and I feel like there's a grain of truth there. I think it's disproportionate when it comes to women, big fat boys, little teddy bear. Y'all get away with the shit. And and that's what I was. And that and that was gonna be my insight. Like I, I just feel talk like this is this is where like a lot of shit is gendered. You know what I'm saying? Because as a like, I've I've always been pretty thin up until recently. Like I, but even with me gaining weight, this is the thing about it. Like I feel mm-hmm. chunky. You know what I mean? Toy, you know me. I always been. You know what I'm saying? A lot skinnier than niggas. But I I, I feel chunky now, right? But yeah. people see weight on me and be like, that that weight look good on you. You look like you that that look good. Like my stepdad came with grabbing. Like yeah, you look good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got yeah. that dad weight on you. Right, it's 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 a dad bod, it's dad weight, it's a yeah. it's you know what I'm saying a teddy bear, it's all of these, it's it's all of it. But but again, though, it's the good kind, it's the good kind, right? Yeah. Because you know you you got certain you got certain men that get treated like shit, right? But you gotta have but you gotta have other things that's able to navigate that, right? Like if you got money, fat niggas with money, they you know what I'm saying they win, they yeah. they fat niggas with money ain't catching no L's. You feel me? And so is it there is a there there you can find it can be an advantage if you got the other things that can elevate you in, in, in the social yeah. sphere. But for, for men for the most part, it's a lot easier for us to navigate outside of the stigma. Even though we do get picked on. And 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 I Listen, mean pro- just as much, like I ain't gonna lie, like Toya, we me and Toya shared a debate partner in high school. 
uh, my nigga, my nigga James. And James, when he was younger, he was a little chunky nigga. You feel me? And <laughs> you know, it was it was all type of fat jokes about him. You know what I mean? Like you fat, you can't Terrible. jump. Y'all used to say he looked like a uh, chorus from that. <laughs> he looked like all types of crazy shit. And even and even more recently, anybody who know uh, know my uh, one of my older debate. We don't, partners, we don't we don't have to we don't have to drop a name here because he's findable and we don't just, oh, yeah. just leave his name out of it. Okay, okay, all right, I, but, right. And, and again, because see, I ain't even thinking about it as something that's. Yeah, you know I mean, as, but a, what, as, but, a, as a fat person, just, just yeah. leave his name out of it. I leave. Thank you, th- thank you. This is why we learn, people. Y'all watching the process, but my nigga, I love this nigga. Like this, is my brother for real. I call him Fat Cuz, like Fat Cuz. You feel me? And and that's what I called him when we was younger. I don't not as not as much. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like, and when I say younger, this is just college, like just years ago. You feel me? So it's one of them things to where it it's 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 low hanging fruit, but easily deployed when it comes to men. You know what I mean? But I do think that I do think that men have ways that they can navigate around it, right? Uh to where it can not not necessarily be a benefit, but still allow them to be considered acceptable in certain spaces. It's rough. Being I as a woman who has had access to a lot of male dominated spaces, I have a lot of men friends. I have always kind of been a little bit more masculine in the center. So yeah, I'll watch you play the game. Yeah, we can go shoot around. Yeah, I'll go slide with you. Like, yeah, we'll go do all of that. And one of the, the dozens, I think niggas already already knew because I'm still a woman in here. God damn it. Like, you know yes. Like, Listen, I'm, Toya is, a, this is my nigga, but she's a woman. Yeah. She's a woman. 1,000%. And so don't bring that over here, but I would just be astonished because the way dudes like talk play the dozens other. and talk to each other and talk back, I would, like me and my woman friends, would we would be, we would fight. Yeah. We would put hands on each other, and a lot of that, especially with especially with how women are in relationship to their bodies. Soon as you throw out a fat joke, me sis, me and you getting in, we it's going hands. up. Like, what is it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, I, 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 but I say this to say, you know, this is because we treat men as emotionless. We pretend that they don't get hurt feelings. Right. If they cry, right. they some punk, and it's a whole nother jar. You know, issues they we got to open up about their sexuality now, and all types of crazy stuff. And so um, I feel for bigger bodies, for fat boys, you know what I'm saying? For men, that's because we reclaiming fatness, you know, as a term that has been a, a move to just not look at it as derogatory, but people who live in, in bigger bodies, regardless of even what your gender or expression or orientation is, because sometimes a lot of dysphoria you have and not feeling like yourself and your body has to do with how you have to carry the weight that you have. And so it's a lot of overlaps, it's a lot of intersections uh, and to just things to consider as we consider how we have normalized uh, fat phobia and fat discrimination in our own communities and in our own households, right? This with your your cousin and your little brother and your sister name and your the stuff you think is joking. All they know how to yeah, take a joke. Think about that think, shit. Yeah, just think about yeah. that shit. Think about how that makes them it. feel, right? That's like, it. You know, but let's slide to the next one. All right, so the next one we got again. Now y'all make sure y'all chime in as well. We got a few people that's helping us out, but this next one we got the second one, and this is this is a form of normalized depression. Pocket watching. Mm-hmm. Pocket watching. Now, what we mean by pocket watching is what it used to be called back in the day is like is is keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. right? It's and more specifically, keeping up with how much the Joneses is making, being able to buy the things the Joneses are buying, right? And if you feel like okay, maybe that the Joneses can't get what you get, 
then now that speaks to something that, that like with them as people. And right. we see pocket watching a lot more prevalent these days with the rise of like the uh, financial literacy podcast, the, you know, uh, earn your leisure, the wall street trapper, like, yo, you can make this much money by flipping shit like this. And all you got to right. do is invest this much money and you can be having da, 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 right. Like all, like all of these now we can be financially free. We can be financially literate. You know what I'm saying? Conversations is making it to where it's always a question of how much somebody making. Yeah. What are you making? How much somebody making? And and there there are other things that's going that, that we're gonna talk about that 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 kind of descend from this. But it starts with this constant focus of tying somebody's credibility and a and and uh and uh their their value to how much money they making. Now, the one thing that yeah. we know for sure when we talk about capitalism, it's not just a question of buying things and having things. It's a value system. It's a question of how people get treated. It's a question of how people are looked at, what people deserve. And when there's, and, and when there's a conversation that's constantly about how, how much somebody is making, then that ends up tying who that person is, what that person deserves to have, to uh, really their wallet. And I think the best yeah. example of this, and I wish I could find the video, and I don't even know the name of the podcast. But what I, what, as much as I've been talking shit about podcast niggas, I want to make sure to highlight podcast niggas that be saying beneficial shit too. We go, so we got two right. that we gonna, we gonna, we got one that we gonna show today. But this is a, a, another nigga that I was paying attention to. And if y'all know this, the name of this podcast, I heard this, like speak up, but uh, in the chat. Also, make sure y'all hit that like button. Make sure y'all subscribe if y'all are not, and hit that notification bell to, to be able to tap pop in whenever we go live. Uh, let me get that plug in there. But the brother was explaining when it comes to men, where men do have, where we do have it bad, is the question of who we are as a person, like whether we're a good person, like a loyal loyal person, good mm -hmm. mate, good father. All of that is tied up in how much money we make. Yeah. Like the type of person you are, the type of value you bring to a relationship, the type of value you bring to a family, none of that matters if it's not directly linked to the type of bank account that people, that, that, that people would argue should be acceptable for a man. Right. right. That's why we have all of these things. These, these conversations are going viral of paying for this and paying for that. And, and two hundred dollars. Right. Like two hundred. Like we talked about uh, what like over a week ago, like these like these they stupid just put the rent 50 50. Right. Just these stupid conversations about thinking if, deeply like, about fellowship. Exactly. We, we, we think deep. We when we when we're pocket watching. When we're tying the value of a man to how much money they make, we thinking deeply about we thinking deeply about shallow shit. And before I pass it to you, Toya, I gotta I gotta respond to the criticism that we typically hear associated with these things is well, men are supposed to provide. Mm. Men are providers. They're supposed to provide, right? Again, the the idea of what a man should do, what a man should be, is grade A, first class plantation patriarchy mm -hmm. this put the, the the perception that we are attempting to adhere to this ain't talking bad about niggas just doing what they I, nigga, I got a family so i gotta provide you feel me like I, right. I gotta make sure that i'm you know what i'm saying bringing something of value to you know like uh, bringing some monetary value to what's happening in my household but here's the thing right when we when we only look at men and we only value men from the perspective mm -hmm. of they from the perspective of their pockets Right. What happens to their mental health when we don't 
or we or, or when we're uh, when we don't have what people consider us to, uh, supposed to have when we're not actually making the type of money like uh, you know as we uh, on, on the come up type shit as, as people like mm-hmm. to point out you feel me it's like yeah we can have this perception of oh you got to be a provider you got to be a provider but we people too you know what I'm saying and then the, the humanity of men is denied when it comes to what their pockets is looking like go ahead Tell me. I mean, it, it, it's rough. You know, I think the, the greatest example, there are a bunch of different great examples of unfortunate examples of that. And I think, you know, when we look to even on a level of homelessness, right, like a lot of men, you know, who can follow hard times, have a harder time even getting into homeless shelters. Right. You do have to be a woman. You'd have to be a woman with kids. You got that. You have to ha- be able to express this prolific need. Right. And, and to prove that you've done all that you can to go and fix it yourself and do it. I mean, and even on the level of just bare despair. Right. There is this competition, this challenge of what your value is and whether you've proven that enough to get assistance from, you know, the state or from whomever that's supposed to be available to everybody. When I think about, you know, what you said in terms of being normalized and kind of indoctrinated in certain ways to have to provide and your value being lynched on that. I think about a a series of videos that I've come across over lately uh, or even tweets that are like either in video form or screenshot form, some teenage girl, right, that's just getting in her dating situation who has shut down or turned down this little boy because he don't make enough money, right? And I'm just like, what are you even, y'all 15, Y'all 16. You can't even look at the little boy character. He ain't got no, maybe he can't go to work. Maybe he ain't got no job to get, no car to get back and forth to a job because his mama got the only, his parents got the only car. It's a thousand reasons why somebody might not have a job at 16. At 16. (laughs) At at, at 17. In high school. Right? But because this little boy ain't got money and access to give to you, like, why are you walking around expecting that little boys are supposed to just give you they, like, this whole mindset of people just in general and queer relationships too. People just supposed to just give you shit on the nature of whatever gender expression you have or whatever part of the spectrum you like. It's just, it's mind blowing to me. And it is proof that that mindset is, is being implanted earlier. And I think what really sucks is it it, do. And I've seen a a lot of posts like this. It would have been hard for us to be in high school. I'm glad I went to high school when I did. I wouldn't have survived. I don't know. We got out. We we got out at the perfect time because we got out right when Facebook started. How much shit you got to have to be that girl or that boy or that nigga? Like you gotta really have your bread, guap, guala, like just like. And that's why. And and that's where people kind of ignore like a a key component of capitalism, and that is constant competition. Yeah, it's constant competition. Like it's constantly comparing material value to material value, and and this is where and I'm, I may say something that may be a bit controversial, and, and and you know it is what it is. This is the type of shit that 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 legitimizes the Kevin Samuels of the world. Mm. This is the type of shit that legitimizes the manosphere. The like when you listen to what them niggas complain about, they complain about people not caring about them outside of what they can do for them. They could, That's they, why I encourage you to be a high value man, right? You know what I'm saying? You got to up right. your value because you're not going to get cared about without it. Because what happens in turn? What happens in turn is that, oh, once I get the money, then now I could, now it's just a, it's a question of who the fuck I want to be with based on me having bread. Now I have no incentive to be a good person towards women. Now that I have accessibility to, to women because mm-hmm. of my money, it's because shit, they didn't give a fuck if I was a good person or not. They wanted the bread. 
Yeah. Right? In 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 that mentality. Because like as much as you know, we kind of push back against those type of niggas and we push back against the Kevin Samuels mentality, like the, the that mentality stemmed from women who was who had no problem saying, I want you for your money. Yeah. Period. It's like, okay, cool. If you want me for my money, then there's certain things that come with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's certain things that come with that. That means that shit. I mean, like, I, I dictate this. I control this. And this disrespect thing, I ain't got no reason to respect you because you only want me for my money anyway. That part. That is not, that's not how we should be, uh, we, we should be bringing up the next generation in terms of what, what Maiden looks like. I mean, like we've completely moved away from giving a fuck about people's personalities, like, uh, like really caring about, like, can you have a conversation? What, like, what, what can we discuss? It now is just, can you, can, can we do something that I can put on Instagram to yeah. make it seem like we both doing something? I mean, and even outside of the kind of relationship, gender paradigm, you know, just people living as people. Y'all don't recognize that we a bunch of poor people trying to flex on a whole bunch of other poor people. You know, I can't be the only person who sit here working all these jobs that I work and trying to hitting all these licks. I'm trying to hit in terms of this side job and this opportunity and chasing this down and trying to get my business going. And you look around, people going on vacations, people buying new stuff. You're like, how in the hell are they doing it? Nigga, credit. They went into debt. <laughs> they are sacrificing in other ways. Or they're working hard and figuring it out, and they didn't tie it together to create the reality that they won't, but it's hard. Right. And it's a struggle, and it's a grind. And we're going to talk about that grind in a minute. But when it's all said and done, be careful who you tongue your nose at at, because we are a part of the 99. You might be 81, and I might be 93. But we are part of the 99% of people who don't have anything who are getting our ass beat by that 1%. So when it's all said and done, we are all peons. We are all poor. We cannot go jump on a, a, a ship. The pro, we are the proletariat. $250,000. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just and go scoff at shit like that and just be like, oh, I'm just going under the ocean and go, we, we can't do that. Not right. Right? Like, is it, is it, so. We the working class. <laughs> I just don't don't get lost in that sauce, right? The the plug just talked about too a, a very important Marxist term, Marx Karl Marx being you know one of the innovators of of uh, uh, a recent uh, thoughts about capitalism, informative theories, the more about modern capitalism. understanding of capitalism exactly. yeah. as a negative, as a bad thing. He has described the poor people as the proletariat, and he describes the rich people as the bourgeoisie. Uh, I do want to point out uh, before we move to the next part, Miss Ma'am's comment. Uh, thinking back to high school, when we were in high school, if you weren't broke, you was more likely to catch a side eye. And that's real, right? If you come in with all the bread and all of this and all of that, you kind of bougie. You a little bit inaccessible. You might bit. be a little... You ain't real. You know what I'm saying? You ain't from the mud. You ain't getting it how we Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, Because yeah. you ain't built like that. You know what I'm it, saying? Like, so... I, I ain't saying we got to struggle as a people. I ain't saying having things is a bad thing. I'm saying right. don't get lost and caught up in that bullshit. And don't get lost in the south. Anybody's value based on how much money you think they got, because you don't know nothing. And that helps us transition into this next part. Again, make sure y'all hit that like button and say what's up when y'all come in. What do y'all think yeah. about you know some of the things we've listed so far? We definitely want to hear from y'all. But the, what we got next on the list is job shaming. Yeah, job shaming. Now, Toya, you, you remember the more recent incident when it came to job shaming, don't you? What you mean? Uh, what's her name? Uh, was it Ebony Williams? Ebony K. Williams? The was she married? Was she date a tri uh, bus driver? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all correct me I, in the chat. Y'all correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. Is that was Ebony K. Williams that said was that it she a bus would, driver or garbage or garbage truck driver? One of the two. Nah, like she said bus driver because because when she when she cleared it up, she was like, yeah, I'll date a bus driver if he owned the bus company or something like that. Then it's like that don't mm -hmm. make sense because. You know what you doing <laughs> driving it you supposed to be running it i mean i guess you can anyway that that's that's neither here nor there but 
uh job shaming um what is it like what does it mean to like work a like work a for real for real job like what does it mean to yeah. like do what you got to do to survive and, and, and what that looks like um and how uh and how you get treated right uh a couple things a couple things that I, I wanted to point out when it came to job shaming uh which which really make it which uh becomes dangerous and complex because there's three things at work with job shaming we have capitalism which we talked about mm-hmm. uh, previously but then you also have social hierarchies in the media like the the capitalism creates the value for the jobs even though there are certain jobs that have more value to society mm-hmm. than others mm-hmm. being yep. a C, being a CEO of whatever tech company doesn't have the same value as a trash man if we being like societal value the people who pick up your trash does mm-hmm. much more for you than the people who sell you iPhones come on okay but because iPhones have that that the value of capitalism the free market look it's this shiny thing great marketing we need it we got to have it the person who don't even make the, let's look at it from the iPhone perspective the person who make the iPhone don't have as much value as the CEO who don't know who don't know how to put none of that shit together Mm-hmm. Right. So capitalism creates this dynamic to where the worker, the person that's doing the uh, uh doing the most to the produce, most important work. Yeah, the most important work. Exactly. Uh, they 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 are they uh, are viewed as less than. Then under when when we get from up under ca- capitalism, the social the the societal hierarchies then solidify that. Would you marry a garbage man? You don't want to be a janitor. You don't want to work under somebody's car. You yeah. don't want to be you don't you don't want to be cleaning people's toilets. Who going to clean the toilets? <laughs> if we telling nobody to clean the toilets, who going to clean the toilets? Who going to clean them? Like I mean cuz think about it. Just because it's something that nobody wants to do, we all recognize that it need to be done. Right? But we've ingrained like, "Oh, well, because the person at the that's that's at the top that does the least that does the least amount of work because they getting the most money, they must be the most valuable person. So then yeah. we create we, we create these prejudices is in, in these jobs around these jobs, and then the media does that last yeah. does that 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 uh that final job of putting a nail in the coffin, right? It solidifies yeah. the images. We watch, like we don't there's there's no movie where the hero is the trash man, right? Right? There's no movie where the hero is the person that does the normal shit, the regular shit, the everyday the, shit. Who teaches the class, who teaches the third graders, who stocks the grocery store, who pick a thing, right? Who serves your food at your favorite restaurant. They're not that important. <laughs> so exactly. And so it's this, it's there, there is this, uh, it's, it's this trifecta, this inter- this intersection of capitalism, social hierarchies, and media that make it to where we able to look at people who do some of the most important jobs in our society and treat them like shit. Yeah. Do think I mean, think about I did, uh, the thing I would add is just think about how we meet people, how we introduce ourselves to people. One of the worst things that I think has crept its way into, uh, you know, how we live our lives is, hey, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, OK, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, too. So what do you do? Right. That, that immediately out the gate. And this is building familial. I mean, I'm sorry, building 
intimate relationships. This is building friendships. This is just getting to know people or network people. You really do determine how much time of day you're going to give somebody based on what they say they do. There's a reason, and I'm aware of that, right? I get to say I don't have a PhD at all, right? I am technically a lecturer um, is what my job title is. Now, I'm a director of the debate team at my at the university that I work at, but technically I'm a lecturer, but that doesn't sound as fun. So I tell people that I'm a college professor. Why? Because I know that they'll perk up a little bit, that they'll change how they talk to me, that they'll rethink about trying to come at me sideways and be shady or think they about to get one over on me because I'm not no dummy. I'm not no fool and I'm not no spring chicken. I was born at night, not last got, night. Got Maybe some I prestige to it. Maybe I teach the glasses and if you want me to wait, you can Google me. You know what I'm saying? And so I do that so that I, but at the same time, right, I also try to be mindful of how I interact and inter, inter, engage with people because I don't want to be condescending. I don't want to people to assume that I don't value your voice, your perspective, who you are, your personhood, because you don't do what I do and you haven't been in the spaces of the institutions that I've had to go through just to keep my lights on. I'm no different than you. The path was just a little different than getting there. You know what I'm saying? So again, capitalism is beating everybody's ass. So as we Look at the things that kind of hurt us, that keep us from building community, keep us from building meaningful relationships. You, we already know, especially in our generation, job, jobs change 10 times over. There's no, right. where do you want to be in 10 to 15 years? Well, where do you want? No, I want to be who's going to pay my bills right, who's going to do me right, going to treat me right at this job. And so you never, I say all that to say, you never know what season you're meeting somebody on. Exactly. Or meeting somebody you got to take calculated risks. You got to be careful who you hit your wagon onto, friendship, relationship, or otherwise. But at the same time, be careful about how you can very easily dismiss solid people from your life just by turning your nose up about where they work. About you know what, what they do. Yeah, that like, shit and that that shit is crazy to me. Cause I feel like I, I feel like when it when we all live in a world where she like I, I, most of y'all most of us ain't millionaires. Most of society ain't millionaires. Most of society or especially most of the, the society that we live in, like y'all savings is eh I don't, I don't care how y'all look on Instagram. <laughs> I don't care what vacations y'all on. The studies show that the savings of the average American is mm. $500 and then it, less. The average American can't afford to fight back or pay their bills up six months or more. Um, the, the average American. There's a huge, aggressive percentage of Americans who don't even make six figures, babe. Um, so, and I'm talking about not even a hundred and two, a hundred and five thousand dollars. It's a whole lot of people out there making five figures. So humble yourself, whoever you are, however you move. And, and then and, just, again, jobs come and go. So you can be paid today and be broke as hell manana. So another reason why, yeah, humble yourself. And, and, and again, the reason why, the reason why these, these, like having this conversation is important is because like when you, when you look at even how people responded to Lizzo, like how fat women responded to Lizzo. It was like the the speed by which we are willing to throw the same people under the bus that we would get thrown under the bus for or being, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what allows this type of shit to happen. The reason why we continue to have com- like like the uh, essential workers, right? The the amount of people who the amount of nurses that got COVID and and uh, other you know people that was like every, while everybody else at home chilling getting unemployment, these people is like literally putting their life on the line to give you Chick Fil A. Yeah, man. you know what I'm saying. And then, and yeah. you got companies like Walmart that don't want to pay hazard pay. Y'all go back. Uh, uh, uh you know you got it. Yeah, we, 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 we go back to the uh, the episode that we did where we talked about 
uh, all the companies that made millions, excuse me, billions during COVID and how they didn't do nothing to put money in the pockets of the people. Why are they able to get away with that type of shit? Because we don't care about them people. The jobs that we are willing to shame, we don't give a damn about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the reason why we don't give a damn about it, it, it has to do with, are you ready to transition to you? Yeah. The reason why we don't give a fuck about it is because we got this grind and die mentality. Yeah. We are oppressed by this idea that we should work ourselves to death. And that's a good thing. Go ahead, Toya. Especially now. I mean, you were just talking about corporations making record deals. I seen a spill yesterday. Shout out to Spill. If y'all are out there and don't have your Spill invites, I think I got a new batch. So if you haven't jumped on Spill yet, the conversations are still popping over there. So if you got an iPhone, let me know. Uh, we got an invite for you. But I seen a spill. I, and I still got an invite, too. I still got an invite. I still got a couple. Yeah, he ain't been giving out invites to nobody. So, yeah. <laughs> but if y'all, I was about to, but Toya did it. But if y'all still looking yeah. for Spill yeah. invites, pull up. <laughs> On Spill saw one where uh, somebody was like, they keep hollering about, you know, the economy improving, but I can't tell at the at the uh, grocery store. Like, it's just, it's not there, right? And and the reason why is that we've seen corporations make record numbers through the pandemic and it's going to sustain itself after. I already knew when I started seeing prices, uh, like, jump up and get that high. I was like, what incentive do they have to take it down if they know we're going to buy it? They know we're going to spend the money. Right. I said this on the conversation we had before. They know we're going to buy them eggs. They know we need that loaf of bread. They know we need that pack of sandwich meat to make our kids meals for the week. And so we're not just going to not buy it. We're just going to find ways to go without another places. So they're going to keep having record breaking years because we are in a free fall where there is no incentive for the people who are price gouging to stop doing so. Right. So it, it, it helps no nobody. Right. It helps nobody to pretend that you can grind your way out of a broken system. It helps nobody. And there are always going to be exceptions. There are billions of people on this planet. So, yes, you are going to be able to point to this Instagram account and that Instagram account and this TikToker and that TikToker and this YouTuber and that YouTuber and this person who went the path and got the Ph.D. and became a doctor and became you're going to be able to point out some of those. But the vast majority of people are fighting for their lives and they're getting their asses beat. And right. That is because the system is designed not to allow people to be able. You can't have a lot of people win it. Or Pain. capitalism is out of balance. It's out of whack now. There are too many people. There are too many folks a part of the bourgeoisie. Not enough. There are too many producers, right? Not enough consumers. There are too many uh, producers, but not enough workers or laborers. That throws the system they out create. of whack. They're going to keep creating and playing the game in order to keep people dependent and committed to grinding their whole ass life away right, instead, of finding, instead of finding joy and happiness in the shit they got. Something something that you're going to hear from Toya, myself, the Conscious Collective, Lee, right? Yeah. You cannot grind your way out of oppression. You cannot buy stocks out of racism. Yeah. There is no, there is no house that you could flip that's going to get us away from white supremacy. It don't work like that. Yeah. And, what's, and what's so infuriating is that we have bought into the logic of capitalism so heavily, so heavily that we are more concerned with getting the bag and generational wealth than overcoming and dealing with generational trauma. Because you want to know why niggas get money and do stupid shit with their money? Because they still working through the trauma of being impoverished. I'm not having shit. 
and what yeah. that means. Like when you when people recognize what have it, what the, the difference in living, like just having a few a few more hundred thousand, just that, the difference in living, is astronomical. We spend all this time talking about generational wealth, creating generational wealth, but what happens when we are able to pass that down? Yeah, and we ain't dealt with the generational trauma, trauma. that that we've endured for for being black and poor. Then what do we do? That- abusers in your family you still got people who are struggling with navigating systems and institutions you still got it's a bunch of things that exist and remain in your family and that are traumas that are shaping the trajectory of that unit are you doing it with i mean i guess some people say i'd rather cry in the bins i'd rather cry in a bugatti than in an apartment but Sure, <laughs> like, but, that but that's what I'm saying. Funny. Most people are not going, but that most people are not going to cry in a Bugatti. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like most people. That's not mo- for most people. That's not going to be the case. That's not the reality. And so that means you're going to spend your you're going to spend your life focused on these things that make you miserable. That focus on these things that make you hate yourself, right? To the point where you are okay with wage slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Like again, when we go back to how men are viewed when it terms to when when it comes to uh. When it comes to uh, uh, like uh, job shaming, she that that grinded die like constantly. You have people talking about going back to the good old days where the man, where the, the daddy was home and he worked a good job. You know, he mm-hmm. worked at the plant and he, and he came home, he took care of his family and all that other shit. But completely ignore <laughs> everything else that came with them old school ass homes. <laughs> One one movie that that does a good job of like really not playing not playing around with it is Fences. Yeah, like the, you know Denzel Washington played a mean ass daddy, and that 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 didn't romanticize that black image that you hear from niggas on the internet talking about what we used to do in the twenties and why integration was bad and all that other shit. Yes, these men worked hard. They were yeah. at they they came they 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 brought home they put uh, uh put a roof over their kids head and all that other shit and let them know it every chance you got. Boy, yeah. you, hey, who house you under? This is my house. This is my like, yeah, it was love there, but that love was very toxic. It was problematic. Yeah. I, I, it makes me think of the movie. Have you seen Kingdom Come? I think it is with like uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I, I uh, vaguely. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, yeah. It's funny as hell Beyonce in it? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, I, I don't think so. It's in that era of movie though. But I just think back to what they was gonna put on the uh, the headstone of the daddy when he died, because the whole movie is about his funeral and them kind of coming back home and dealing with all those arrangements. It's like Loretta Devine is in it, a bunch of people. Um, and Whoopi Goldberg, when asked about what she was gonna put on the husband's uh, headstone, said "mean and surly." That was all that shit said. Said it was mean and surly. That's how people remembered him, right? That that was how her husband, the person she was with, through. I think they probably had like four, five kids. Was just he was mean and he was just rude and sharp mean and, and surly, yeah. But why? You know what I'm saying? Because he was probably of that generation where all you did was go and work and come back in. So this is how you develop addiction. This is why abuse or how abuse happens in a household. Whether you abusing your kids, abusing your partner, abusing a substance. Right. Mm-hmm. Or are just like you literally there's no balance. You come in, you have whatever you eat your food, you watch your show, you go to bed, you wake up. So now we have a depression. Right now we have uh, a lot of different issues. You have, re- you have resentment. Right. You have uh, unchecked uh, issues like real like, you know, cholesterol issues. And you know what I'm saying? Arthritis. Like these is all real shit. These men are dealing with and we glamorizing mm-hmm. it. 
right? We 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 trying to go back to we 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 romanticizing it, but the reality of what them men had to endure was fu- and then, and then the first thing they say y'all gotta go. I'm not trying to hear I'm not trying to hear y'all complain. I'm not trying to hear y'all problems because all y'all yeah. eating good and doing. I'm the one that got to deal with them crackers. I'm the one. That, I'm the one that got to deal with them them not paying me right. I'm the one that got to so so I get to do what I want to do. And, and as much as that feels justified and it feels right, yeah. that grind or die mentality created very uh, uh, counterproductive relationships with fathers and sons and fathers and daughters and men and their wives, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these niggas, let's be real, it's a, all of y'all got all of y'all grandpa got other kids. Yeah, he was the patient. As, uh, consciously, he's a perfect one. <laughs> He'd be the first. He, like he, I wish he was here because he, he he could show that example of oh, we love our granddaddy. Like we granddaddy was yeah, that was our patriarch. He took care of this. He took care of that. Yeah, and he took care of that house down the street too with Miss What's her name and them mm-hmm. and them and our, them is our other cousins. Right, right. That grinded that grinded that shit is not good for our mental health. It's I mean, not good it, for the relationships we develop. Go ahead. I want to just in general, you know, I think what we don't realize, and I want to shout out Hood Therapy, Donnell done slid in here, Marcel is talking to us, uh, and Melodious is up in here too. Shout out to everybody who slid in. Hit that love button if you haven't already. Go ahead hit that bell if you already haven't done that either. But, um, you know, it's kind of self-created because here's the thing. Grind culture, just like the food in the market, they know we'll pay for it. Just like these apartments, they know we'll pay for it. So they're going to keep playing in our face. They know we're going to keep grinding and finding jobs, and we call them side hustles. No, these are three or four full-time jobs people is working. This shit is abuse to try to rip and run. But they know it's so competitive out here. There's only so much space that they're going to keep lifting up the rent because they know they're going to find a fool to pay it. Right? And so a lot of people, I've been seeing a lot of conversations of people who are wanting to do things like strike, just like SAG and Afro are for their rights in the entertainment industry. A lot of people saying, we're looking for these rent strikes. Y'all know UPS was on strike not too long ago. So strikes all over the place. We've been seeing teacher strikes. UPS had a pretty favorable um, outcome. They did, right? Mm-hmm. But that's because they held their ground and they was willing to blow up the very functionality of the United States delivery and transportation infrastructure in order to prove a point. Mm-hmm. And we saw what happened with the supply chain issues during the pandemic. We can't play those types of games. Niggas know that now. At and all. so literal businesses will go into the red and go under if they don't get these supplies and things like that. And so showing people that you're not bluffing and you're not playing is important. A lot of people are saying tenants need the people that need to be the people that's next that's willing to say we're not paying that shit. You know what I'm saying? I've been seeing on Twitter different conversations a lot of different uh tenant groups being formulated people building this is why you need to go talk to your neighbors this is the mistake i made that forced me out of my old apartment and moved over here because i didn't even know it was neighbors clicked up pushing for each other when they tried to raise our rent on us by 800 but i didn't know until it was too late that the tenants had gotten together and mobilized and said no we're not leaving and we're not paying that shit and i think those people are still staying over at their apartment complex i left to this paying day. the same amount <laughs> paying the same amount because they were able to stand up for themselves and they were getting abused by them landlords trying to raise our shit way over what was federally or i think state-based allowed in terms of the percentage you can raise a rent by right and so get to know the people who live around you be willing to talk about how they ain't came by and fixed that shower yet and it's been a month but yet they want to raise the rent and talk about like talk have these conversations because you be struggling as the same people. Instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses, instead of trying to judge somebody else's grind and what they do and don't do, talk to them and see how they come in that shit because you might be in the same boat and y'all might both be getting abused. Everybody grinding. Everybody doing what they can to keep up. Don't judge nobody else's. Instead, make sure you know whether you got a friend or an ally there that's ready to fight for you when you're not getting a return on your grind investment because that is more than likely the case. Yeah, support systems is, is, is key. 
Support yeah. system. Hey, it, 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 you know what I'm saying? Just focus on your mental health. Make your money. Yeah. But remember when it's time to sit down. I literally just had to tell my wife, like, yo, eat, go take a lunch break. What is you doing? Somebody I ain't ate lunch in a week. Like, what the take a lunch break. Um, Listen, moving on. The, the, the makers of the drink synergy are suing, I think, their owners right now because they was being denied working 10, 12 hour shifts, not taking no lunch breaks, not getting them, rather, not doing whatever. Don't that's wage theft, but the other way. You're not stealing from the employer, the employer is stealing from you. Stealing from Make me. Make sure you know what the hell you're doing. All right. Now uh we got a few more and we're gonna uh, as we prepare to you know approach the end of this thing. Uh thank y'all for coming rocking with us early in the day. Like it's like definitely shout out to shout out to Chop Nation, yeah. We love y'all. Yeah, for, but you know it's only three o'clock here. It's like six o'clock on the East Coast. Like you know how that you know how that goes. That means people got off of work after I got off of doing what they've been doing all day and still decided to sit down and talk to us. So I'm grateful. Appreciate the love. This is when we all responsible for it, though. And this is when we all gotta be better at ableism. Yeah. Ableism. And what we're referring to is uh the ways in which uh people who deal with work through disabilities and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna explain why i'm pausing as i explain these things in a second uh but people who deal with and work through disabilities um when we kind of undermine their experience when we trivialize their experience when we don't think about uh the the, the what, what's necessary for them to enjoy the things or take part in things that we you know what i'm saying take yeah. part in as uh you know people who don't deal with those things and one of the places that that were uh we're the worst at is what's called, what's called inclusive language, like people first language. Yeah. Um, and what, what I mean by people first language is we refer to like, for example, like somebody that deal that deals with the handicap, handicapped person, right? A slow person, mm-hmm. an autistic person, a blind person. What we not paying attention to is that we're prefacing their identity, who they are with what it is that uh, is, is reflected in, in their bodily circumstance. Yeah, we're we're positioning them as being blind, and that's the type of person they are, right? When it it what we're not recognizing is it's it's it's, it's kind of trampling on their humanity when they already got to deal with things that we you know what I'm saying they they already feel different. These people right. people are people are uh, that that deal with certain because um, I, I don't even want to say you know ailments but just different circumstances, different bodily circumstances. Yeah. Um, we 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 tend to, you know, use language that trivializes what they experience. Like, oh, girl, you know, I can't see at night. I'm blind as a bat. Mm-hmm. Um, even I, I, even I'm I'm culpable in this. And in, in terms of when I'm arguing with niggas on different YouTube channels, I call them slow. I say I say that they're slow. You know, I use I right. we, we use ableist ableist language. And this is again the, the, the reason why these are normative forms of oppression is because this is the oppression that we don't pay attention to. It's like it's kind of a it's a part of how we engage. I mean, I just I can't I can't go without saying in 2023 is still people using the R word to call something bad. Like I literally there's somebody I care about a whole lot. Uh, I think she's fine. I think she's real cool. I had a chance to just catch up with her old friend of mine, and we shot shooting the shit laughing. Ha ha ha! Like I'm like ooh, just like good old days. Like I'm literally having a great time just catching up with an old friend. And she was like, and I'm like, what? That was so R word. And I was just like. You just snap me out of my nostalgia. Like it just, I cringe it up because bro, like you're so much more intelligent than that. The conversation was nowhere even in the direction of that. So that just seemed so ill-placed. It was very crass. It was very, uh, just, just, just uninformed and kind of ignorant. You know what I'm saying? And so it, 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 it just stopped. There are better ways to talk about 
something being negative or being bad than it was associated with a real condition that people live with on a day-to-day basis they're trying to navigate you know what i'm saying like intellectual um of disabilities are are real <laughs> you know what i mean like and so mm-hmm. and, and, and people deal with them on different levels you know what i'm saying yeah pe- people deal with them on different levels i think one way um and this is like something that you know we was just talking about that i was dealing with is the adhd shit mm-hmm. it's like you know it like to some people they just kind of play with like oh, i can't sit down i got adhd i can't focus i got adhd I can't, you know what I mean? It's it like it's like it's just literally something as simple as just, you know, not being able to focus. When it's much when yeah. we talk about different neurodivergent issues, it goes much deeper than just whether or not you can sit down and watch something. Right? And so it's 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 all the different ways that people who experience um again, different bodily circumstances, all the different ways that we just kind of undermine and ignore and just bypass I mean, I think- the experiences. Very much so. I think, you know, when we talk about, um, and shout out to Melodious in the comments. I didn't know you was in France. I could have sworn you was in, uh, excuse me, uh, Hawaii. So and he get a full move, like, two hour lunch break. Two hour lunch breaks is ridiculous. But, you know, mentioning that, you know, educators who still use it, the R word, knowing that there are still people out in the world who are relying on it, who are supposed to be educated, who are supposed to be protectors of spaces where people with disabilities should be feel safe and feel affirmed and stuff like that. That is scary. And I think with any disability, it's important to keep in mind that some of them are visible, some of them are obvious. And so I think, you know, we navigate some of those a little bit more effectively, but some of them are internal. Some of them are invisible. Some of them you don't see, mm-hmm. but very muchly influence why somebody behaves the way they do, the patterns, the habits, the tendencies, the insecurities, the whatever. So when you're worried about why somebody's hair is not as thick or is a certain length or why their skin is doing a certain thing or why they produce a certain smell or why, they, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of shit. And that I, is happening on the inside of bodies. You know, it's, and it's so interesting, and I'll say this and I'll toss it back to you, but that we have found a way, and this can job and go with fat phobia, this can go with these conversations about ableism, but that we can look at different dogs and cats and different zebras and different, uh, pick an animal in the animal kingdom. We can look at, we know none of them look the same. We know it ain't no two dogs alike, but we'll find the cuteness and the uniqueness and the awesomeness in each individual one of those we come across. You know, it's the people, it's dog people out there who don't meet a dog that's a stranger. Every dog is cute. Every, every dog deserves to be loved. Every dog is special. Every, because you are a cat person or whatever. And every, you stop and look at every cat picture. When it comes to people, there is a little difference, a little, a little couple idiosyncrasies, a couple things. It's just not how your shit is mm-hmm. or how you've been normalized to think things are. And now you just can't fathom. It, and it just really is mind blowing and it's violent. You know what I'm saying? Because people are different. We live in it. Just everybody's different. Twins, right? In their own unique ways are different. And so we have to start kind of peeping and recognizing that. And I think the easiest way to do that is on the level of disability. Not all bodies do do the same things. They just right. don't. This is why your mama fat and you skinny. This is why you skinny and your mama. Like, I just, this is why you got a tall brother and you short. My brother is 6'3", has a twin who was born 57 seconds after him. She is five foot one and one half just like me. She said it's five too, but I don't agree. Don't believe it. No. <laughs> well, sometimes she be, you know, she be wearing her hair up. Sometimes she be... I'm not buying it. Not buying it, not buying it. Right, but and that's these why... are not disabilities. These are differences that are explained because biology paints something different on every single canvas it comes in contact with. So while we can't seem to fathom that in our community with our own people, it'd be a hard pill to swallow sometimes, man. And and I'm you know, I, I gotta also own up to where you know, I, I'm, again, culpable in this as well. We had uh, somebody who was a supporter of our channel. 
who watched and um she had and she had some special glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily sure why she had some special glasses, but she she had them for you know for those reasons. And I guess I, I just kind of made not even I guess I made uh I was being loose with my lips, and mm-hmm. I made a offhanded comment asking about those glasses, and mm-hmm. um it triggered her like in the chat like she kind of expressed how you know issues with her family and you know how people hate her and it was it was crazy and it was like this is what we don't know. Like, this is when we just making comments and when we just haphazardly just saying shit about people uh, based on what they look like or what they have on or, you know, whatever gear they may be, they may be associated with. You don't know what people are dealing with based on that type of shit. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, I, I clearly exacerbated some, some frustration and opened up some wounds for her that, like, to this day, I still feel terrible about. You know I mean... mean? You know, you just, you really, and you know, we had that conversation and you handled it gracefully. You know, I think it didn't even, it didn't even capture you as a thing until after we got off the show. And so we had a conversation about it and you received it. I think reached out to her, messaged her, went and did the due diligence to make sure that you addressed um, that particular moment. But, you know, there's so many times we don't really take the time to either think before we think or before we act. Because sometimes it's not what we say, it's how we engage people. It's how we clinch right. up or how we turn our nose up or how we create distance or space or do whatever with folks. Um or it could be, in, or you, you got to make the decision to go behind those moments and clarify and fix them and make sure people are valuable for who they are and not what situation they're dealing with or what condition they come to you in. And yeah. I mean, the, the last yeah. thing I want to say before we move on is just that, you know, we all could do a better job of this, but you really just don't know what people go through and what they do right. and what they experience to try to be in front of you in that moment, to try to appear in front of you in the ways that they are. I don't care if you feel like they together or they not that you don't know how much courage and how much audacity, how much nerve it takes folks to just be like, well, I'm not going to lock myself in my house for the rest of my life. I'm going to go out into the world. Yeah, I guess I'll go. I know they're going to look. I know they're staring. I know whatever. I know you, they got their opinions. I know they got their jokes ready. I know they're talking bad about me. I know I'm going to walk past them and I know they're going to stare Somebody going to take I, a picture. And post it. And go you know, not Taking a picture is bad enough, but you want to post it and put captions and shit and act like you know my life. But I'm not gonna stay in my house. I'm not gonna lock myself away. I'm right. not gonna. I'm gonna still speak. I'm gonna still say something. People don't know how much courage it takes me to deal with this stutter or to deal with this condition or to deal. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something anyway. I'm gonna. You know. I'm gonna speak up. Anyway. I'm gonna participate yeah. anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna deal. Like what? And so you know, I try be patient with people. Be mindful of people. Care about yourself. Don't scare. Don't be scared and don't don't internalize that ableism on yourself and and, and assume that you're not valuable. But we all need to work on just as a collective group of people, a society, black folks, whatever, however you want to read it, we got to do better. Right. Because there's people around us who's, I mean, I mean, last thing I'll say is long COVID. Okay. A lot of us had cocoa and we don't know what the hell we walking into. Mm-hmm. We finna be some of them same people we was talking bad about. So be careful who you put your mouth on. And especially when it comes to people who are navigating disabilities, both visible and not. Exactly. Um, so as we round this thing out, we got one, we got two more to deal with, uh, this next form of normative oppression that we all are, uh, are responsible for that we all need to be better at heteronormativity. Now, uh, for those who may be, may not be familiar with the term heteronormativity refers to the way in which the world is set up to favor, promote. And to whatever other term that's synonymous with promote. <laughs> uh, privilege. privilege. There you go. Uh, that's why I keep toying around. Uh, 
<laughs> but set up, promote, and privilege heterosexual relationships. All right. Uh, and while on one hand, to heterosexual people, that's just like, well, duh, that's just how the world is, right? The world is heterosexual. It's that is a privilege that we can say because the way that we engage in sex and romantic relationships is the acceptable way. It's the thumbs up way, right? But when people choose to engage in these things that that clear that aren't illegal, right? They just they just have they just love differently. When people choose to engage in those things, then that's when the violence comes. When we in in the form of homophobia and transphobia. Now, like yeah. like my boy consciously like to point out, phobia does not mean fear to the simple minded. Yeah. Phobia does not mean fear. It means any aversion, right? Any type of uncomfortability, the 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 desire to distance oneself from, right? Something you don't want to experience. Right. That's where the phobia comes in. And so it's not that there's a fear, it's that it's that that aversion to difference that creates the violence. Um more recently, what we what I just uh I just found out about was over the weekend that there was a uh a young black kid uh, a black man, choreographer, um in New York. Who was stabbed, killed? O'Shea Sibley, say his name, man. O'Shea you know, Sibley. I mean, yeah, not to not to hijack that at all, but we got no, no, no. I, well, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like again, um, I was kind of waiting for the name to pop up on here, but I'm glad you, you did it, that you for got me. It, you got it. Uh, uh, O'Shea Sibley, uh, a choreographer who was doing what he do, dancing outside, um, and he was dancing around some uh, Muslim, some Arab Muslim men. At a gas station, yeah. At a gas station. Uh, he was dancing to Beyonce, Renaissance. Um, while uh, an altercation, after an altercation took place, one of the young, one of the younger uh, Muslim gentlemen stabbed O'Shea. Stabbed him, killed him. Got into a brief altercation. It didn't take a whole lot. Wasn't a whole lot of turn up. Matter of fact, the reports say O'Shea was trying to defuse the situation, trying to, you know, make light of it, be cool, reconcile the situation. When little 17-year-old dude stabbed him. Stabbed him. Took his life. Same. This is the thing. This is the thing. As a and I don't care, I don't care how uncomfortable y'all y'all are with the word. Because I definitely recognize that the and and, and I'm sorry, I'm speaking on all of this, but I'm definitely want to give you the opportunity to speak on no, you got it. it. Uh as well. But the there's there's this uh there's this conversation around trans women replacing black women or trans identity infringing on the identities of black women. And these are complicated things that, that have to be worked out. Right. But what we have to understand is the type of the way that the dialogue takes place in that instance that with O'Shea, that was religious. Mm. Right. But that's just that instance. We know the type of violence that uh, queer black people have to deal with. And what makes that violence possible is the like the the like the uh the disavow of their humanity based on heteronormativity if you don't fit within the normative standard of engaging in in, in sex or love or anything else mm -hmm. right you are now you are now deemed deviant the reason why that's even more problematic for black people is because we already deviant anything yeah. mm -hmm. anybody deal with we deal with worse so if you poor being poor and black is worse if you uh if you a woman being a black woman <laughs> it's worse, it, and and this, and this ain't victim mentality. We talking about how the world treats these people. 
You're not about to sit up here and say that I'm I'm making them a victim when we can look at the statistics and the, and the racial disparities and say, well, well, who's doing that shit? Right. If me identifying what, what, what black women got to go through is victimizing them, who's actually doing this, doing the statistical shit that would make one even want to make one characterize them accurately as, as an oppressed group, as one as the most oppressed? You know what I mean? And so, Absolutely. and so the uh, uh one of the one of the most normalized, one of the most dangerous uh things for nine uh cisgendered straight people is heteronormativity. Go ahead, Toy. I was I was ranting. I'm You got it. You got it. I mean, I your rant is spot on largely because I think you know, we are underplaying the actual literal violence. It's not no longer about hurt feelings. You know what I'm saying? And it's very convenient because and you know, I I'm not I want to shout out just hilarious, but I will acknowledge her as somebody who has most recently been pushing the needle on um trans antagonism and on just uh, really queer folk in general. Um, has been on a campaign here for a while now, being very vocal about her feelings about uh, trans women, trans people, queer people. And the issue I have with that is these responses are largely based on, you know, singular instances where, you know, people are able to say, well, this trans person, because I think the person who she was responding to when she started on her hate campaign was a trans person, blah, 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 blah. Y'all don't own periods. We have periods. So I forget what the what the lady said, but something that alluded, alluded to the fact that, you know, she was more of a real woman woman and that I she also occupied experiences that cisgender women uh, occupied. And cool. Right. Have your criticisms of that. But the same way, here's what messes me up about black people, the same way one black person will say something or do something. And we want to make sure that the law, the society, the people are not looking at all black people because one black person did some wild shit. It's the same way. Once there is going to be people who don't necessarily, first of all, nobody represents the entire monolith. Nobody represents the entire diaspora of a particular community. Right. So every time you see somebody with a camera and the ability to press record, say some wild shit, that doesn't become an automatic justification. A for spokesperson. The same way one <laughs> fat person in Lizzo can go do some wild shit and that doesn't give you agency to be like, all oh, them fat bitches are all fat, terrible. Man. Right. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same logic. Quit trying to make it separate. Yeah. We're trying to make shit separate. Yeah. And by the way, all black lives matter. So quit trying to make them over there so separate from you. Your gay ass cousin, your trans ass third. I don't care if you talk to them or not. They around you, my nigga. They in your life, they in your family, in your community. They niggas just like you are. Right. And when they are not voting, when they're not doing whatever, they're not, they're not being comfortable with who they are, what they are. They paying the same bills as you. They going to the same job as you. They eating the same food as you. They trying to pay the, the same taxes. Hello. They trying to have the same joys and experiences as you. They just go about doing it differently. So we've had these conversations at nauseum at this point, and there are not a, another a, enough or any more quippy ways to say it. Stop being fucking weird. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. because yeah. this shit has physical consequences more so now than I think before. We are hearing stories and reports of what's happening in bathrooms. There was a 14 year old child who went who was nonverbal and autistic and went to the bathroom with his mother to go use the bathroom in a woman's bathroom and was attacked and berated. And I think was punched on and hit on because they assumed that the child was trans and in the bathroom was in the bathroom trying to do some weird shit. No, there are, you're like, it's just, this, this it has real life implications. There was a black woman who was uh, a, like darker kind of dark, dark skin, kind of short, kind of thin or whatever. And was perceived to be a man was yeah. perceived to be trans and was key. Was she killed? Yep. Or was she just attacked? I believe nah, they killed the, her. She this, died. This black woman. Yeah, she died. Was attacked and killed because they thought she, she was trans. Because they thought, right? They, they, these folks at these schools trying to look in these kids' panty drawers. 
They're trying to look in their boxers to figure out what they got going on down there before they go to a gym class, not even playing a sport. They're trying to figure out which locker room to send them for gym. And now they want to look in the kids' drawers. Which is crazy. Be going too far. Which is crazy because it's been heterosexual. Yo, or I won't even say shit. I won't even say heterosexual. It's been heterosexual perceived, heteronormative acting individuals like baseball coaches and football coaches and wrestling coaches who end up being responsible for actually touching these kids. And, and, and people have become so caught up in fear mongering that the individuals that we need to be, you know what I'm saying, pay more attention to because they already right, always get caught up in that night. Nice, oh yeah, hey, hey, look at his pants and see what he is. Cause you know, then these, these transgenders and these gay, they, they try to do whatever. So look, that's what we doing. We give yeah, we, no. we 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 giving people the, the the right to look like yeah nah ridiculous and the last thing I'll say uh, last thing I'll say before we get to this last one because my dog Toy you got a lecture that she got to do a USC got to slide yeah I'll be, I go I go flaggy I go I go say too much USC, we to UCLA today we taking our talents oh UCLA, UCLA. Yeah, we're going to UCLA. Huh? you about to be a UCLA I thought you said USC I'm probably misspoke one of them one of them you about to be down the street oh you live that way. We talk about it. 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 Hey, look. But what I want to point out is something T.S. Madison said because I've been I've been engaging with a lot of people, like people that's been that's disagreed with you know the use of cisgender. That's kind of find like the they talk about the queer agenda and all of that. They find it problematic. It's been some people that I've and and as and I and I'm. Trust me, I'm saying this as a cisgendered heterosexual man. It's been some people that I've been able to disagree, disagree with respectfully. I recognize that I'm saying respectfully because they politics, although I, I, I push back against and disagree with, don't necessarily impact me. You know what right. I'm saying? So I can say, you know, even though it's people that, that can hear the bullshit that they would say and be like, bro, that's not respectful. You feel me? So I'm, I, that's why I'm saying that definitely prefacing my social location. And the the concern was that all of the transgenders are trying to take over periods. All of the transgenders want to use the, the, the women's restroom. All of transgenders want to use language like birthing people. You know what I'm saying? And, and what do they call breasts? They want to call it. It's, so, it's, it's just other. It's, it's, it's all of these. Men, men have breast. Men get breast cancer. So. I don't know that I don't know whatever term you're talking about, but I don't even know why we need to pivot out of breast because everybody got one. But, but so, so I mean, but so this, but that that's but I, a thing I, though. Yeah, that's they like want to be they want to be angry. They want to be angry because they got to learn new words and new tones terms. And this is what Melodious kind of mentioned too. You know, is is you know people don't want to move with the times. He was talking about that in terms of ableism, but new language, new vocabulary, new le- lexicons, and now we got the. Uh, the 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 LGBTQs of the LGBTQs, the alphabet ways. people, the alphabet people the is what they call it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But what? But the crazy thing about it is, you will have somebody like T. S. Madison, like birthing people. Ain't nobody saying that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is a trans person. It's like, nah. Like, we don't want to use y'all dirty ass restrooms. We don't want to. Yeah. You feel me? Like, it's it's the, the there is not this monolithic push that that well. well to interact with one transgender person, you interact them with them all. You feel me? Yeah. And because the part that gets missed is, especially from people who like, well, we gotta, we gotta be black first. We gotta be black first. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> their tra- their transness is impacted by being black. It does not trade off with it. Their gayness is defined by their blackness. 
that don't go nowhere. Right. And, and 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 so the idea that we're the, the idea that, you know, there's this there's this gay agenda that's that's against the black agenda. People, there's a such thing as queer black people and their blackness, their blackness shapes how they experience being queer. Donnell, I, I got to say, before we get into the last uh, the last part of the conversation, Donnell uh, said, honest question. When a person saying this shit knows better and has a huge platform, is there a point when we can just tell them to shut the fuck up? Spreading disinformation, <laughs> spreading, uh, disinformation feels more dangerous. That, that's the thing about social media. It's like, yeah, you can tell them to shut the fuck up. But they, the platform is there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and make a series of videos about that shit. And, and they want to hear it and they want to be a part of it, right? And so, you know... That that like there's there's that, and that's why we do what we do at the chop up, and why y'all need to make sure that we blow the fuck up and get that much bigger. But we are gonna get into the last uh, normative form of oppression for today's conversation, uh, and that is misogyny, misogynoir. Oh yes. Now we didn't talk about racism, but please, I, and I actually had this experience today. Let me tell y'all about it. I was on I was on a panel earlier today. Shout out. Uh, to my man Cuba to his school Zayax, and and it was his it was a, a island brother by the name I ain't gonna say the man name but it was the island brother it, but it's it's like his YouTube name I don't know his real name but I'm I'm just gonna just tell the story. Uh, we were we were talking about like people who are pro black or who pe- black people who are anti pro black, so black people who beef with pro black people, and it was a sister on there. Uh, that was talking about uh, black women choose to be ugly. This is just one of the videos we was examining, and it like during this examination, it came out like niggas started kind of pointing out her 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 hair, her weave. It was just it was kind of all over the place, and she was but she was saying black women choose to be ugly, so it was hella ironic. The first question I asked is this like satire? Like she's really whatever. One of the bro- the, the the island brothers say say something to the effect to where like black women had the most beautiful hair in the world and black women who wear weave it's like hate themselves or some shit like that. <laughs> like 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 black women like they they black or or like black women who wear weave are are trying to be european or they want to be european white women and i'm just like that's i was like but that's your opinion and he's like that's not in my opinion it's a fact it's not my opinion it's a fact and and i'm trying to explain to this negro bro <laughs> This is a panel full of men. Yeah. We don't get to dictate the politics of black women based on how we perceive they hair. Come on. Like, so, we're like, what, in, in, in only in a world where patriarchy and misogyny has become normalized, that it is a, that it is a badge of honor to tell a woman what her hair represents for her and why she should wear a particular hairstyle to do, to do or mean whatever. Like that, it, it, it's, it's that. And then when I told him, I was like, all right, bro, that's your opinion. So it wouldn't be a fight. No, it's a fact. It's a fact. And and to stand on it that hard is like, yes, patriarchy is a fact. Misogyny is a fact. And the and the attempt for men to control what women look like and what their images mean is also a fact. Mm-hmm. And nigga, you doing that right now. <laughs> Textbook. Right. Go ahead, Toya. 
I mean, no, I, I think, you know, your insight on the conversation, especially, I mean, your insight on the conversations that you have speak volumes to <laughs> the real mindset in the real way that cognitively, I think we have internalized oppression against women and against black women in particular, right? This I is not to say perhaps. or excuse down uh, black women or from being able to cause hurt. I know that I have invalidated feel feelings and undermined it. And, you know, I've done all the bad things that humans do to each other, but I think that a lot of the conversation uh, or what we are missing is rooted in the very basic understanding of the systematic and the social ways that women really get shot on every day, right? We are not talking about Roe versus Wade, but it's still very real. We are not talking about, very uh, you know what I'm saying? The issues of black women, you know, we made a joke about Carly Russell because, you know, she did something that she shouldn't have done, but we haven't returned back to the thousands of black women that are missing across this country and pop up missing every single day. We're not talking about what happens in cities like Kansas city, where literally they people in, in the, in the urban core of Kansas city rolls of the alarm about black women popping up missing and, you know, pop, so a whole ass serial killer type shit. Yeah, whole serial killer on the loose in the city of Kansas City. The police did their investigation and determined there was no merit to those types of accusations. And now it's black women popping up in blue barrels all up in Missouri in creeks and rivers and shit all around Kansas City these last couple of months. And it's the same ones who was reported missing when there was no issue of black. You know what I'm saying? So like, like let's, let's be honest with ourselves about what's happening and with how we treat literally 50% of the fucking population and the people who demand lay down and have our kids without having abortions that demand that they go out and supply and see a man's worth and pay the bills and be like, it's a whole lot of shit y'all want from women, but it's a whole lot of energy not being given back to them. And a lot of people make it more complex than it has to be right. A lot of, and two, we talk a lot about misogyny, but not misogyny aware the particular type of exclusion that happens at the intersection of blackness and womanness. What happens to black women uniquely? So this video that's queued up right here is gonna break it down for the people who act like don't understand. And for the people who do understand, it should be comical to you because it's very much like, yeah, it's really that damn simple. So yeah, drop the clip. Yeah, it's like so because <laughs> he what I like about this clip is he said you gotta he just explain it like a caveman. Let me make sure to can you make sure I, you hear that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We good. All right, let's get it started. I thought that perhaps I had dumbed it down to the dumbest and easiest level, but now we are going to do massage noir for cavemen. Black have oppression. Women have oppression. Black women have oppression. Unique to black women. Not simply black oppression or woman oppression. New black woman oppression. Black man have unique oppression. Black women have unique oppression. Both under white oppression. White oppression like Swiss army knife, many tools. Many black men try to put away racism, but keep patriarchy. Many black women point out, whole tool fucked, point out patriarchy hurt black women. Black man bitch about accountability. Black man very unwilling to part with patriarchy. White woman buddy up for convenience. White man stay winning. Black man very unwilling to say patriarchy bad. Black man want power low key like white man from patriarchy. Big problem for black man cause it don't work that way. Anytime black woman point this out, black man get very angry. Black man say, guess we blame black man now. Black man still won't let go of patriarchy. Black man, black woman have other dynamics that if me no make a side for people get pedantic. However, me point is, in game should not be patriarchy go to black man. In game should be throwing out Swiss army knife. If me hear one more comment, say take accountability black woman. Me drop boulder on head. 
That's ten simple. Out of ten. ten out of ten. And I mean, I want to on that accountability tip. I want to bring the conversation full circle where where it started by acknowledging that women can be the perpetuators of being fucked up toward men and can be bad to each other. The same way fat people can be bad to other fat people and be bad. We can be bad to each other. That does not mean we don't talk about your ass and the implications of what you do, especially if the conversation started with what you did. Let's look at every relationship. I know you're married. You should be able to attest to what I'm about to say. And the right. fact that it's in a relationship, you cannot, you cannot come to your partner like, hey, I need to talk to you about something that's been on my heart. It's been on my mind. I want to clear the air about this. It's something I want to deal with. It's something that needs to be addressed. Hmm. And as you address it, that person says, well, now that you mention it, I got some shit that I've been wanting to say. No, no, no. You wait until it is your turn, your opportunity to start talking about what your issue with this conversation is about what you did. Don't tell me shit about me. That is, you got to pick your own time to stop me in the middle of this and make me sit down and look you in the eyeballs and have a heart to heart. This is mine. So when we are talking about Right, your criticism is 50, 50, 50, literally, the population is split in half. So it is reasonable for you to have a criticism of the other half. Now, a lot of people want to criticize the fact that men don't get to say nothing about women and this, this, and that, whatever. That's not true. It's about what you do. It's about how you do it. Oh, yeah. You do it. Nobody want to hear that shit. If you were to have valid criticisms and talk about them and present them without tearing the whole womanhood or the personhood of a woman down, you might get a little Thank flexibility. You. If you stayed away from the pathology, nigga. And just talked. But that's hard because y'all got to beat up on folks and talk about accountability and plot twist and try to divert attention and fucking gaslight people all the time and make us feel like we tripping for saying what the fuck we saying, which is why the shit goes nowhere fast. So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the plug who is married has just agreed with me. And y'all in the comments, let me know if this is how it goes too. You don't get to hijack my time of calling you to the carpet and us having to come to Jesus meeting. You don't get to you plan your own. And when you do come correct, Right or shut. Yeah, and and so like that's where I feel like this is this is this is the space where there's there's this very unique set of niggas that do this. Right, I I, I can't say most men run away. I mean, we all we all have some tendency misogyny or some t- some some bit of misogyny. It's a part of how we were socialized, right? But when it comes to this 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 question of men not being able to call out women. Yeah. When the fuck did that happen? Because last time I checked, the the standards of beauty, what women think they should look like, what women should what women should be wearing, you know what I'm saying? Like what's what's considered attractive. Last time I checked, we set that. Standard. That I don't actually. I say I, men. Men set that standard. Yeah. The reason why I can't say we is the same reason why these niggas think that they ain't been able to tell women what to do. It's because you're not a white man, Negro. You're not a white man. Yeah. So that's why you ain't been telling women shit. <laughs> you ain't been telling women nothing. You ain't been dictated nothing. That's the white man that's been able to do this. So when you say we ain't never been able to criticize, no, your black ass ain't never been taken serious criticizing. <laughs> yeah. The, the the white man running this shit when they when they criticize Becky, Becky, your ass is getting fat. Hit that gym. You know what I mean? White man that got divorced because he just saw some some love handles that he ain't appreciate. Yeah, that he didn't sign up for. Come on now, what is niggas yeah. talking about? But we ain't had that control, nigga. That and that's and and that's really where your frustration lies. Niggas want to have the power of the white man. We want to be able to be critical and tear down and shape 
what you should believe and how you should operate. We want to shape the reality for black women and what black women should think and how they should understand it. As opposed to being like, like my brother said, this is a Swiss, uh, like this is, this is a pen of, of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it may have different colors. Y'all know, y'all know the pens with different colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cause I don't like the red. That don't mean I should be cool with the blue. That part. That don't mean I should be cool with the blue. The whole we got to get rid of the whole shit. Cap, the, cap, like that's why and I, I love the way feminists characterize it the best. The white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. That's what we endure. But you goofy niggas throw yourselves in front of that criticism as if you have any. You don't, my nigga. But that in, but that inability for you to be able to speak to what women is doing is not a question of or not a not an issue. But women, it's an issue. With whiteness. That part. So, you want to go ahead and <sighs> close this out, T? I mean, we've had a phenomenal conversation. I think the list of things that have been normalized that are not in the best interest of us and that deserve some airtime to talk about, uh, including fat phobia, pocket watching, job shaming, the grind or die mentality, ableism, uh, heteronormativity, and misogynoir and misogyny in general. Uh, I'll really wrap up and solidly explain. So if you jumped in late in the conversation, you want to catch up what we said about some of those other topics, make sure you watch this over again. Make sure you jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, and tap in with us so that you don't miss these types of conversations in the future. Uh, I definitely also want to suggest that y'all keep dropping us conversations and comments over on the IG at the top of show, at the top of show uh, for things that y'all want to talk about because we're definitely interested in keeping the, 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 the discussion both based on what's happening in the world around us, i.e. the Lizzo situation, which we covered at the top of the show, but also some interesting connections that we want to start to make with ourselves to get us thinking a little bit about how to be better people. But uh, the long and the short of it is that we got a lot of shit to deal with, man. And we having a lot more conversations than we ever have. We're being introduced to more terms, more scholarship, more perspectives than we ever had as a society, as a people. But we still, what Cole said, uh, in some instances, went a long way. But you went the wrong way. Went the wrong way, people. yeah. You went a long way, but we still got a long way to go, right? So go. let's figure some things out. Let's do it together. Let's keep having these conversations and doing great things. If you came in late, I want to request, and you, especially if you ain't said nothing, shout out to uh, Columbus. I think been in here talking to us a whole lot too. Uh, L Johnson, I think I shouted out Melodious, of course. But make sure y'all say what's up on the way out. You know, if y'all you've been quiet, if you ain't been talking to us at all, even if you have, as we wrap things up, make sure y'all say what's up. Make sure y'all jump in the comments, hit the love, hit the bell, and be uh, tapped into what we got going on over here at the top of the show. And two, if y'all want some spill invites, hit us up. We still got invites to get on spill. Yo, with that being said, we got to get Toya on up out of here. We appreciate y'all time, and we out. I love y'all. Peace. <laughs>